All right. Glory. Are you ready for some Word of God? All right. John chapter 5. Let's see what God has for us. Listen, I would never, ever say that like some people proclaim rather freely, but I would never say that I'm a prophet. Not at all. I mean, that's an unbelievable uh, position. But there is something stirring inside of me uh, that hasn't been stirring for quite a while. And I'm just like, okay, God, this is cool. This is a good stirring. This is an exciting stirring. I'm not quite sure in how it's going to come out or manifest, Lord. But I do believe that you are in this and that you are doing something. I'm not really sure about all the churches in America, but I'm sure about this one. The one that God has called me to oversee at least up until today, so far. And uh, this is where this message is coming from. I believe the Lord is opening a door for this church to walk through, to step through. And it's kind of a whosoever will. You can kind of just leave this service and go, mm, eh, I don't get it or, or not. But there is a stirring. And if you are dense to that stirring, and a lot of times we are as people, don't be offended by that, we are then you need to just ask God, God, open my heart up. Open the eyes of my heart because I don't want to miss what you're going to do. I don't want to uh, be left behind. I don't want to have a second-rate walk with you, God. So please, Lord, let me see, let me sense what you're doing, and let me be a part of it, a part of whatever God does. John chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market or gate or door a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Waiting. And we know that uh, in the Word of God, the water is always a type or a symbolic symbol of the Spirit of God. The moving of the Spirit of God. The moving of the Holy Ghost. The dynamite of God. The dunamos. The dynamo. The power of God. As they sat there on these porches, halt, withered, maimed, blind, waiting and looking for that stirring, for that moving, for that power of God to come and stir. Because... It can't be a man-made thing anymore. It's not uh, 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 to go out and pass all the flyers out through your neighborhood or to have a certain uh, group in or a special speaker in. There's not going to be a man-made move of God. It's going to be birthed from the Spirit of God. God the Holy Ghost. The power of God. The stirring of God. That's what it's going to take. And that's what I believe that we are on the threshold of God moving amongst us like He hasn't in a long time or maybe like He has never done before here in the midst. If you can dare to believe. Alright, it says, And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. That's us. That's the church of God. We should have this power. We should have this insight. We should be able to walk. We should have this strength. But we just seem to don't have it. And so this impotent folk can represent us or the church or however you want to uh, use this this morning in your life. And they're waiting for the move of the water of God. Waiting for the stirring. Now that word moving means agitation. And that could you can look at that as a bad thing, but we're not. 
I mean, uh, if you have a uh, dirty laundry and you throw it in the washing machine, you got to have that agitation, that thing that flops all those clothes around and does its thing to get the dirt and the grime off of this. And so that's the word that's used there, or a troubling of the water, meaning we can't, we're just, aren't you just tired of the water being stagnant and calm? Don't you want God to do something? Don't you want the Spirit of God to be welcome, to be able to come into this church, roll up His sleeves and see what He wants to do with us and among us? Man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm getting uh, convinced that a lot of American Christians don't want that. They want the water to be calm and the same forever and ever and ever. Well, I don't. I can't stand it. It's just stagnant and and we need the Spirit of God to move. And as the water stays stagnant and calm, our nation gets worse and worse and worse. And the ch- our church withers more and more. So we need a moving of the Spirit of Almighty God. And here's the only way it's going to come. John 10.1 tells us that, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Hey, Robert, God is letting us know at this pool of Bethesda, there is a door. It's by the sheep uh, market or the sheep door. And God is letting you know there's no other way for this move of God. There's no other way for the moving and the infilling by the Spirit of God unless you walk through this door. This door and this door alone. Not the door you think you could. Not the door you want to walk in. Not the door that's all flowered or all pretty. Not the door that Grandma said. It's the door that God puts there. And in verse 7, it says in John 5, 1, 5, 7, it says, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. I am. This is the way to the moving of the water. This is the way to the infilling of the Spirit of God and staying full of God the Holy Ghost. It's through Christ and through asking Jesus, Baptize me in the Holy Ghost, God. And it's not a one-time asking. It's a continuing over and over. A be a, a stirred by the Spirit of God, the, the river of life, the bubbling up of the power of God and the holiness of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The power of God. The dynamite. The dunamo. Look up that word. That's what the word means. Dynamite. Dunamo. Dynamite. Sticks of dynamites everywhere around here looking at me now. Unlit, never exploded yet with the power of God. And I'm not talking about the foolishness you see in the years past, supposedly in Pentecostal or full gospel churches. I'm talking about the holy power of Almighty God. Verse 9, it says again, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go uh, in and out and find pasture. God is saying this is the only way, this door, not a religion, not a movement, not a new denomination, not anything new under the sun. We're always looking for something new, always. Now, what have we said here and tried to teach you over and over and over about that? If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, and why, how can we say, oh, catchy motto, how can you say that? Because of this. You can lay this out before God and if a new amendment or a new chapter or a new book comes in, then let me know. But this is it. This is not new. This is the way it's been. This is what God has given us from day one. This is it. The foundation from cover to cover. 
This tells us how to live and walk and breathe and eat. It's right here. And so what happens is people want to go through another door. They want to try something else. And Jesus is saying, I am the door. And only by me can this power and majesty and might that you long for can come. Can come. For Bethesda, that word simply means the house of mercy or the house of God. That's what I am. If you are a true Christian and you are a house of God, that's what this is. We want it to be a house of God. I don't want a basketball game going on in here. I don't want our children running and throwing paper airplanes. This is the house of God. God doesn't want that nonsense and that silliness going on inside of me. He wants me to walk according to the word of God, sober and be vigilant. And so full Bethesda, where this stirring of the water is and by the sheep, door, by the sheep's door, which is Christ. The pool of Bethesda is the house of God. And the stirring is the Spirit of God. This is where it's supposed to happen. This is where the world used to expect it to happen. And we got to get back to that. And that's the door that God's opening. I believe, truly, seriously, I'm seeing or sensing the beginning of the moving of the Spirit of God right here in this Bethesda. Right here in this house of God. Please don't quench it. Don't grieve it. Sitting all around this stirring, we are. The blind, the halt, the withered. Us, the people of God. Not you. I'm not saying you get like me. I'm saying us. Us. This is the way we are. The marriage is what we've become. We've become deformed and blind and withered. No strength, no power, no walk. And God is saying, I'm about to change that. I'm about to change that in you. So we see the blind sitting there. These are the people that are unable to see their need. Even you, even me. We're thinking, well, I'm in church. I'm listening to you. You're speaking the word. I'm listening to the word. What else? Well, can you hear it? If we do not even see a need, then we won't even hear the word of God. You can look at uh, you being here. God's checked it off and you're okay. And you just zone out. So these blinds sit around the porch Sit around the house of God. And he says, you must see your need. You are blind if you don't even see your need. You're unable to see that God wants them to things to go deeper into your life. The things of God, you don't even really catch it or understand or not even move to come back to another service or a prayer meeting or read some more or cry out some more. Because we're blind. Blinded. By the God, small g, of this world, the Bible says. That's his job. That's what he does. He constantly keeps trying to throw blinders on us. So we really don't see that glorious gospel getting in and transforming us unbelievably. Oh, there's that one dumb bumper sticker or sticker you put on or something. Anyway, I forget how it is. It gives you the right to be an idiot. And it says, uh, God's not done with me yet. That's the best we got. Just in case I'm an idiot, I put this on my car so you can see. I do love God, but He's not done with me yet. So I'm allowed to run you off the road or not like you or say something terrible as you drive by. That's the best we got. When God says, suffer the wrong. Suffer the wrong. How can you do that without being full of the Holy Ghost? We are full of ourselves who are going to suffer nothing for anybody. This is the move that God wants to take you. An elevation of the things of God you've never even seen yet or tasted. That's up to you. Unable to see their need. Unable to see that God has something deeper and greater. 
for you to do and to be and to become. It says this in Isaiah 42, 16. God says, and I will bring the blind. I will bring the blind. Now, if I go to the Scriptures and I'm calling upon God, and God, I need a word from you. I need a word from you, Lord. Lord, do something. And in my reading, I keep getting this word blind, blind, blind. I'm not going to go, I'm not blind, God. I'm not blind. This must be for Ruth. I'm not blind. I'm not blind. Oh, this this message must be for them, God. Because I'm not blind. That's that's kind of what we do. It's that uh, instinct of uh, we just want to protect ourselves. But God said, I will bring the blind by a way that they know not. Do you understand that God has a way that you know not? That God has a way to fix your problems that you know not? I stand amazed in awe of God and what He's done. Still today, I scratch my head and I can't believe you've done that. Never even gave that a thought. Couldn't imagine that all together. I put us all together in a think tank. Who would have ever come up with the idea amongst you that Jesus, the Savior of the world, would come as an infant? Needing diaper changed, needing nursed Savior of the world. You'd be going, oh, come on, no way. And that's what they did. They were going, no way, they couldn't believe it. Because God does these things that we don't even have an idea. God says, I'm about to make your darkness light before you. You understand that God can do that? God can make the deepest darkness trial that you're in light. Light. That's all it is. That's all you got to do is invite light into it. He goes, I will bring the blind by a way that they know not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. We're born crooked. We're about to have some precious little babies to be born and take their first breath probably in November sometime. They're born crooked with a fallen nature. And God says, I and only I can make the things that are crooked straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. God's not going to forsake us. It is mad, insane, every day getting worse, filthy, vile world. God's going to move so His glory can be seen upon us. The glory of God is going to rise upon us. It is. And God's going to receive the glory through us. The blind. I'm hoping that God tells you this morning, you're blind. You, it's you. And that you have enough of God flames flickering still alive in you and you can go, that's true, Lord. And do something about it. Then there's the halt. Also around this pool of Bethesda, around this house of God. And these are obvious who these are. These are us who are crippled in our walk. We constantly fall. We constantly can't go more than two weeks or three weeks in serving God and we just spit and sputter again. Kind of like the ladies' Bible study and the main characters, much afraid. When much afraid started her journey, she was crippled and fallen and said, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't and I can't and I can't. And we got a bunch of those as people of God. When God says, I know you can't, but I call the can't so that you can. God has constantly been trying to get this church to see where He's calling us. Yes, He's calling you to something that's impossible for you to do. Yes, yes, yes. But He'll do it through you. He will. He absolutely will. Halt. Crippled. Can't walk. 
more than a month with God. You can't last hardly at all. Or as soon as your walk starts to go down, you're going, whoa, 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 what's up with this? What's up with all the problems? When God says, look, my walk says, I will take you through the flood and you won't be drowned. In order to flood, you got to go down. I will take you through the fire, the hot droughts. But that's what God does. And it's moving and God let him do his work inside of you. Don't stay halt and blind looking at a calm water. God will not move it or stir it in your life. He says this in Deuteronomy 5 to the halt. You shall walk. You shall. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you. That you may live. This is why you don't want to just exist. You don't want to just drive a truck and pay the last bill and sit in your easy chair and just check the pond out once a week. That's still there. And not really be moved by the things of God. Not really live into the forefront of what God has for you and wants you to do. God says it's time for you to step up. Literally step up in your walk with God and go through that door that I have for you. Be awesome. That it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. So we have the blind sometimes don't even see our need or want to see it. And then we have us that can't even walk right with God. We wayward. You're saying it's okay to do this, okay to drink, okay to wear that, okay to go see that movie, okay to say this word, okay to act like this, okay. It's the halt. world's looking at us and say, man, they're as blind as us. They walk just like us. We sit in these restaurants with them, with our drinks with them. We talk the same way with them. They don't see anything in us. Nothing at all. And then there's the withered. You understand that you, you are supposed to have supernatural strength and power to walk through those fires and walk through that flood, walk through those hard times. And as you walk through them, God's going, look, look at that one. Look at my son. Trust me no matter what. The withered. Those of us who have become dry, stale, fading away, used to have a good, strong walk with God. No one told me I had to come to church all the time. No one said that to me. No one said, now the rules are Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. It's not true. When we just fell in love with God, it was just the thing we wanted to do. We wanted to do. We're full of life and strength. Moisture, the fluid of God running through our bodies. Yes, but you can become withered become dry and stale. We know how to do motions and go through motions. We know how to sit in a church and bob our head and look like we're agreeing. We know how to put messages together. We know how to play and sing. But we are withered and dry. And we are to be God's feet. And we are to be God's hands. And they're withered and dry and without strength. And can't go, can't climb those mountains that God calls us to climb. Because we're withered, handicapped. Mark 3, 1 says that he entered again into the synagogue and there was a man there which had a withered hand. Lifeless hand. Dry hand. No strength. And a lot of times that's what our Christian walk is. Lifeless and with no strength. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And, stretch, and he stretched it out and his hand was restored. Whole as the other. This is what the Lord wants to do. 
with you even today. He wants to start to restore your walk with Him. He wants to open that door that only He can open. That's why it's so dangerous if you don't see it and don't take that step. God wants to restore the life. Restore His Word in you. Restore His love and excitement for the things of God. And only God can do that. No word, no preaching, even what I'm doing now can't do it. Bless the anointing of God. I was antsy over there. I was nervous. I was behind a cross going, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. Because I know not just a bunch of words can move us. Or not a song. It takes the Spirit of God that has to whip through us. It's the Spirit of God that whips through a song that gets you to start to sing it like you believe it. It's the Spirit of God that causes you to hear a message like you actually believe it. Like you actually expect God to do something and open a door for you. This is really true. I sense that too. God wants to do this. Restore our strength and our influence in a fallen community. In a lost world. This is it. It's the Spirit of God that's holding back the evil. It's the light that makes the darkness run away. This is what you and I are to be, and God's wanting to turn up the light in us. This is what takes place during the stirring of the Spirit of God when revivals come. True revivals, not one, two, three day revivals. What God does, the light comes and the darkness flee. You don't even advertise. They just come. They just know something's going on. Drawn by the Spirit of God. They just fill the place up and weep under the holy presence of God. And all that's so strange to us because our pond is so still. And we're so blind and we don't see our need. And we're so halt and haven't walked right, strong like we should and withered and dry without strength. And God says, oh, if you can just hear, God, you can hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I want to change all that. Acts 2.17 says, and it shall come to pass in that last day, saith God, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. You see in John 5, John 5.4, let's read that. I skipped that one. It says, for an angel went down at a certain season. This is a spiritual movie. A supernatural movie. I don't know how God did it. I don't know if He nodded in heaven or sent some. He told that angel, you go down there and you agitate, you trouble, and you stir that water at the house of God. You stir it. You walk through the door. You walk through that sheep gate. And you go down there and you stir. Supernatural move of God. The angel went down as we read John 5, 4. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A supernatural move of God. All just sitting there. Ready for another service or something. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God starts to move. And this pool, Bethesda, starts to bubble and churn. And the one who has an ear to hear, it's God. And God in. Now we know as we live in this day and age that the Spirit of God has poured out upon all flesh. All of us have this opportunity now, not just the first one, the quickest one, the wisest one, to jump in at the stirring. Acts 2.17 tells us, And it shall come to pass in the last days. And you know you and I are in the last days. Saith God that I will pour out My Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. We shall, it says. We shall do this. Not kind of or hope to or should have. We shall. We are going to be used by God. God says, you shall in the last days. We're in the last days. 
I have God the Holy Ghost living inside of me. And God says, in these last days, you shall. And so shall you. This is the stirring. It's laid placid. It's laid calm too long. The beginning of the stirring of God is for all flesh. Whosoever will, the stepping in. You could be refused the stepping right now in your mind, in your eye, in your heart right now. As the angel went out, the Bible says, and, and the pool was stirred and the water was troubled. It says, stepped in. The first one stepped in. Had to move. Had to do something. Not sitting back there saying, well, if God wants me, He can touch me back here. There's a moving to God. God says, draw close to me and I will. I will draw close to you. It's not sitting there and saying, well, if you want me, I'm back here in this pew, God. There is something out uh, up about stepping out in faith. Maybe you're not even seeing anything, but stepping out, saying, yes, Lord, yes, I get a witness to this, yes. Step out to meet God, to meet God. But you must step in while He moves. There's no use going to the uh, Noah's Ark after God shut the door. He moved for a hundred plus years to the building of the Ark, preaching of righteousness through every hammer that went in to the building, to the cunning judgment of God, and the door laid wide open for a hundred and twenty-five years. Then the crackling of thunder came, and God told them, get in the ark. No man closed the door. The door was closed by God. He closed it Himself. And it's too late at that split second to go, God, 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 I get it now. I'm ready now. It was closed. I'm fearful that's what most of us are going to do. So you must step in. You must make the move by your moving. This is what we don't do a whole lot. By your moving, you're confirming to God you want more of the Spirit of God. By your moving. The moving compels you to come back another night. The moving compels you to say, when are we praying again? The moving of God causes you to move. Causes you to do. Listen, 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 listen. Exodus 3.1 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jericho, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Nothing goes on. Year after year after year, these bleeding sheep, Little feed here, little feed there. Nothing going on. Backside of the desert. And all of a sudden, something started to happen. What if you were Moses? Seriously, what if that was you on the backside of the desert? Have you ever been on the backside of a desert? I think so. place that's dry and cold and hot and nothing really going on. No life. No people. Little lizard runs through. Tumbleweed. Is this it? Is this church? And then all of a sudden, verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. A bush just starts fire. Man wants to think, well, you know, in them deserts it gets so hot. that uh, What do they call it? Uh, some kind of combustion. Yeah. Spontaneous combustion. There it is. Oh, that was... God tells us what it is. And God's so cool. He knew man would come up with that dumb idea. So he says, I'm going to let this thing burn and not burn. But it's going to burn. Figure that out. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. We all look. But verse 3 is the key. A lot of us have been looking for years. Moses says, I will now turn aside. Moses said, I will make a move. I will do something different. I will give it an extra effort. I'm tired of this insanity on the backside. Of the, what is that? I'm going to go check it out. 
Moses turned aside to see this great sight. God has great sights for us. Great things. And I'm not talking about six cars in your driveway and a chicken in every pot that you have. I'm talking about spiritual things. Great sights to achieve and to do, to accomplish and to see. And the bush was not burned. Are you willing to turn aside? I mean, we've got a bookshelf of excuses. Are you tired of being blind and halt and withered? Are you willing to turn aside and see the great sights? To see what God wants to show us and do. But you've got to go through the door. You can't go through some unusual dude on a radio or on TV. You've got to go through the door. Flying to Timbuktu for something doesn't help me. I'm here. I'm here. In this backside of this desert right here, God. Look what it says in verse 4 after Moses made his move. Just like God will see today. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him. That's what God will do to you. God sets these things in your life all over and you'll walk right past because we're blind. We don't even see our need. We're withered. We have no strength. We don't want bothered. Our walk is so fouled up. All of a sudden, somewhere, some of you are going to see this bush and you're going to turn aside and God's going to call you and speak to you. Man, if you don't believe this, then how can you proclaim being born again? This is in the Word of God. This is God speaking to us today. It has relevance today. And God says, I will show you. I will speak. And he spoke out of Moses, to Moses, out of the midst of the bush. And said, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I, here I am. Here I am. God's going to speak to you in this door as you walk through it. God's going to call you. Don't be asking what you're going to say. I don't want, what you're going to, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to experience hearing the voice of God when God moves. You move. And God will speak. But listen to me. Those that linger today even, this morning, those that hold back, and what's with him today? Those that are embarrassed, and I hear that a lot. I'm embarrassed to come down there. I'm cry. My mascara run down my face. Us men, we're embarrassed because we're too manly. Suck our tummy in and stick our chest out and come down. There's, there's all these things. Those that doubt. Here's the big one. Those that are too busy. You're too busy to turn aside. Those that are afraid. What's he going to say? What's he going to want? Those that are stiff-necked. Don't tell me. Those that have hardened their hearts are going to miss it. Are going to miss it. God's wanting to do some fresh things. Some new things. God wants to set some things free, sensing that God is already starting and moving. But you have to figure out if you're much afraid. And you won't do it. You won't take the step. God told me something 20 years ago before I moved out here. And I believe that this is where we are again. God gave me that scripture again. The scripture went like this. When I was on the backside of the desert, stuck somewhere, and PA, totally despondent with my life and things that were unfolding that I couldn't stop or change. Being bummed. Barking out to God. And God says, behold, I will do a new thing. I'm going, what? And he went, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Where I was, was dry, not a trickle of water in my life. I was serving God, wanting to serve God. 
wasn't out in some bar running rampant on God. This is a God thing when he said, we're going to do a new thing. It's a God thing, not a man-made thing. Not birthed in my idea as I sat there saying, well, I'm going to try this. From nowhere, God gave me that scripture. Isaiah 42, 6, it says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. When I felt way far in disappointment to God. This is what God, the door he was opening to me years ago. And I will hold thy hand. And will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people. For a light of the Gentiles. To open the blind eyes. To bring out prisoners from the prison. And them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. God saying, this is the door I will open again. I am opening even now as I speak. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. And here it comes again. Behold, he says, the former things are come to pass. New things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them even before they spring forth. Like now, God says, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And he goes, sing unto the Lord a new song. And praise him from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea, all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice. You do it now. Now. The villages that Kedar doth inhabit, let the inhabitants of the rocks sing, let them shout from the top of the mountains, let them give glory unto the Lord and declare His praises in the island. Now, slip through that. God tells us in Timothy, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Do something, he said. Stir it up. Step in. God said, I will do my part. You do your part. You cannot sit just a lump and say, God, move me. You have to stir yourself. Stir yourself in the things of God. Fire up that music. Get alone with God. Start stirring Come to more services than you've ever come before. Participate in prayer meetings, beckoning and crying out and saying, God, we need a move for our nation. John 14, 7 says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but you know Him. For He dwelleth with you, and He shall be in you. The Spirit of God is in us now. This was a promise to before when the Spirit of God would come upon them and then move off of them. They would come upon them and they'd do great works and prophesy and rip the gates off and run with the gates. Now God said there's a time when the Spirit of God's going to be in you. In you. That's you and I. Now, that's our problem. Ephesians 5 tells us this. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth. Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead and Christ shall give you life. If you awake thou that sleepeth, God will come upon you. You rise from the dead. God, you want to use me, God? Just me? Just little cash register me? Bank teller me? Truck driver me, God? God says that I will give you light. Isaiah 52.1 tells us, Wake up! Wake up, O Zion! Close yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. For unclean, unclean and godless people will no longer enter your gates. Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem! 
Remove the slave bands from around your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. This is what God's wanting to do. It's the anointing of God. It's the Spirit of God that breaks the yoke. No more will I serve the taskmaster. I want to serve God and give glory to God. No longer do I want to be known as much afraid. I want to be known as glory and splendor in the hands of God. This is the fourth promise. Now, today, this morning, that God's given to this church. God wants you to start expecting God to move again. To move again. Don't tell Him how to move, when to move, why to move. Just say, God, I need you to move again. I need you to stir again. I need to feel the holy rain on my face again, God. Rain with the Spirit of God again. Don't start telling Him how to do it, when to do it. Just ask Him, oh God, move again. Move again in my life, Lord. Take me in the heavenlies like you did before. Open up the Word of God every time I see it, Lord. Let it be illuminated and give me strength and power and victory for the day, God. Oh God, move again. Let it rain again, God. Not some dry, parched little lizard runs across your walk path with God and nothing's going on and everything's testifying against you that you're dead and withered, halt and blind. Let's start desiring God to move again. Not just come here and sit on our blessed assurance and see what I come up with. and Just to seriously start expecting God to move. Desiring and longing Him to move again. In His glory, in His might. We have husbands still lost. We have children lost. We have thousands in this city damned. If I've taken an hour to preach, I've told you over and over, 6,000 souls have perished and gone to hell. And God is wanting to move upon you. Let's start inviting the Spirit of God back into our church, into our music, into our praise, into our worship, into our ushering, into our junior church, into our nursery. We don't want you back here just burping. We want someone filled with the Spirit of God burping those babies. Seriously. Someone saved, embracing them and holding them. Someone filled with the Spirit of God singing a church song to them. A God, a song about God. Why not? Sing them songs of triumph and victory to those children. Sing that song. I don't know how it goes. You're going to run through a wall and jump over something and run through a troop and jump over a wall. Why not? Don't sing them our songs. You're going to go back to the desert and you're going to do nothing and you're going to sit there and Let's start inviting the Spirit of God back into our lives. Just don't read the book because you're mandated. You have to read it. Go and say, God, we want to speak to me today. We want to show me today, God. Open up the eyes of my heart, Lord. Help me sense what uh, this day has in store for me. Instead of just, again, another day in the backside of the desert, a few sheep, nothing goes on, not even a drip of rain. The sun beats at night, beating, and at night you shiver because the desert's so cold. No life, nothing. We're inviting. Let's stand. Our altar call is going to be this. Now again, it all comes down to this. He that has an ear to hear what the Spirit of God says. Now, what we're asking, what I'm asking, and I believe the Spirit of God wants you to start asking is beckoning the Spirit of God into your life. Maybe this is all new to you. You haven't been here that long. You're like, oh, what's up with this? We're talking about God being real in your life. Being real. Undeniable. Not just some plaque on a wall or some bumper sticker, but real in your life, in your face, in your business. Where you open up your heart to God and He fills you with the things of God. 
He takes out what he wants to take out, puts in what he wants to put in. Our old recall is this. I want you to start inviting the Spirit of God back into your life. Back into this church. Do not grieve the Spirit of God in this church. Do not. In fact, if you're a griever of the Spirit of God, we're going to say, God, remove that person. Remove it. If you don't understand the things of the Spirit of God, just come down here and say, God, God, open this up to me. This sounds so awesome, Lord, like a life that I've never lived, the walk that I've never had, or that you used to have. Stop having church disease. Okay, our altars are open. We're going to minister to you in song, expecting you to come and asking for the Spirit of God to have His way in your life.